So I do remember before I, I hit the Turo rehab part, I do want you to tell that story, though, of um, when you've, you kind of had it with all the, like, just Phoenix being in bed, I think. And you could see yeah. that he had had it. Yes, yeah, so they moved us from ICU. Yeah. Um, once they felt they, they, you know, took the, they intubated him, took the tube out. Uh, and now he had, what I think they call it like a nasal cannula. Basically, it's oxygen that's supplied to your nose, but not going down into, you know, not, not like a, a ventilator. And it seemed like they're always watching the oxygen numbers. So once those things started to settle and they felt confident that he wasn't in need of like intensive care um, around the clock, then they moved him for one week uh, into what they call the floor, which is essentially like, you know, you you get monitored every two hours or three hours, whatever it is. They come in, check your temperature, but someone has to stay there with them. So I was there with them. You got Ren and, you know, our six-year-old daughter and took care of her while I stayed with Phoenix in that room because he wasn't able to push the help button or anything like that. And during that week, Phoenix just was getting more and more restless and um, just really kind of waking up more. It was kind of like we were wearing out our welcome at the hospital right. because they didn't have the <laughs> the ability to do physical rehabilitation that he was wanting to like get up out of the bed and he walk and try to, try to like get going. Yeah. And he really couldn't walk so he right but he wanted to get up. So there was on one occasion one night I remember he was like really needed to use the restroom and for whatever reason he was not interested in uh, He was done. He was done with the diaper the, thing. Yeah, uh, he was done. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And so he was, he was like putting his leg over the, over the hospital bed. And I'm like, all right, this, this is like, what am I going to do? And you have to understand, these are wild movements now. We know that Phoenix is desperately trying to like take up his mat and walk. But when you don't let a person take up, you know, when God is saying, take up your mat, mat," but no, 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 but you might want to sit down. That's what it felt like. It was like God wanted to do a miracle, but nobody was letting that miracle manifest. Yeah. Ooh, that's a word for somebody right now. But anyway, I'm losing my, because I feel like that was a word for somebody. But anyway, when, so I felt like we're telling Phoenix to take up his foot and mat, and he's like, I'm trying to, but nobody's letting me. You were like, I'm done. I think, I think parents can understand this. A child asks for something like I don't know whatever it is. Hey, can we go to the ice cream shop? And you go, yeah, maybe tomorrow, right? And in your mind, you're like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But you're just sort of like pacifying the kid to like get him to be quiet or whatever. And we do that, and and then some some of the things though, you're like, you look back on after an experience like we've had with Phoenix, and be like, you know, I should have been there. Like you talk about the regrets, I should have been there on his birthday trip. And I stayed home to work because I got all these clients, busy, all this stuff. But I stayed home to work because I'm busy, and I missed that birthday trip. And two days later, he has this cardiac arrest, and I'm regretting like all the things that I stayed home to work. I don't even remember the projects I was doing because, but apparently they were so important, you know, because everybody's so that and that I missed all of that. And out of all the regrets, I told myself, I don't care how. I get Phoenix out of this bed to go to the toilet. <laughs> but I'm not going to say, oh, Phoenix, don't worry. We're going to get, I'm going to get someone over here, uh, you know, later on and we'll, we'll handle it just to kind of get him to chill out. I was like, no, I'm going to fight with my son 
when I've not with him, but I'm saying I'm going to fight for him right now together with him. And I am going to figure out how to get him out of this hospital bed with all the EKG leads or whatever they yeah, call those things stuff on and the little oxygen sensor. And if those things go off, the, all the nurses come running, even though he's at the floor, I'm going to figure out a way to keep all that intact and he can't walk. And I'm not a physical therapist or an occupational therapist. Of course, everybody who's listening who might be an occupational therapist. Just tune out for or just Or a physical a therapist or a hospital administrator. Just <laughs> pretend like you're not hearing any of the words. We already got in trouble. That are coming so out of my mouth right now. We're just telling you what got us in trouble at this point. I'm just saying when I said we wore out our welcome, it's kind of like the situation they was. They were kicking us out. But emotionally, I think... If you put aside your hospital administrator hat and you put on your parent hat, you can understand where I'm coming from, which is what that I'm not going to let my son down on this. I can have a lot of regrets, my son's but not fighting. today. I'm not fighting. Today. I'm not going to. I remember you telling me, I'm not going to be remembered by my son is that I didn't fight when no. he was fighting. So safely, turns out that I probably would have been actually a very good occupational therapist and nurse. Uh, I didn't he did know video, that. He I videoed that it. for the family, and it's pretty. It's emotional, it's powerful, but I'm like, I got him from the bed into a little rolly chair. So hospital administrators maybe want to make those chairs not rolly and fit through the bathroom door because that gave me the green light. So anyway, I got him into that rolly chair, recliner chair. He was comfortable. I rolled him into the bathroom. We got him onto the toilet. Miracle happens. He goes to the bathroom on the toilet. That's That's voluntary action right? Like that smile was that I can hold my yes. self yes. for I'm, when I need to I use the restroom properly. I to do this like a normal person right Man, now. I felt like, I was like Phoenix. I, I felt like Phoenix and I went on a father-son mountaineering- Camping trip, yes. Oh, mountaineering experience, Mount Everest. This was huge. Totally. I was pushing myself. I know he I, was pushing when himself. When I was looking at the video, I felt y'all were slaying dragons out there and, you know- Oh my Some gosh. wilderness camp for father and son. I've never been so proud of my family in my life. So I got him safely, keyword safely, back into <laughs> the bed. And I was so happy. I got the nurse and I, I told her what happened. And Like an she... idiot. He was telling everybody <laughs> what he did. So the next day. Not, not knowing that it was a huge liability and we could have just been and everybody got in trouble and everybody got on us and it was this big thing. Uh, and they were like, was get great. those They're believing Christians out of here that you know believe in taking up mats and walking and dead people rising uh, and praying for, you know, recovery. Um uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. This is not. This is not a recommendation to do that. I'm just saying is that's yeah, our, that's condemn. what happened. Yeah, that's what happened, and I realize their concern. But the point is, is that obviously Phoenix was like, I'm fighting. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say. What this actually did was for Phoenix was it woke him up more because he realized, oh, they now can see that I can do this, that I want to do this. And I just felt the fight got even greater and we moved forward. And again, a day or two later, because of that, and because I think everybody was scared to have us there anymore, I was like, <laughs> okay, we're obviously putting too much of a, he's ready for rehab, if he can do that. 
they we we then transitioned to Turo rehab. Yeah, and Turo, they told me when I when I when I talked to him on the phone, they said, "Look, we need to see some participation from Phoenix that he's he's ready for it." Oh, we got the participation. Oh man, video after that, I'm like, I got for you. Oh yeah, he's participating. So l- let's so let's get him over there. So we, I mean, it was they couldn't get us out of there fast enough. I think because they transported yeah. us. That transport came that night. I want to say that. Yeah, I mean, anyway, we got loaded up. It was happy. We got everything into Turo. And um, and Turo basically is another health system in New Orleans that really has a really great uh, rehabilitation, uh, kind of like nurses as well as PT and OT working side by side, and it's an inpatient rehab place for people with you know neurological uh, you know uh, recovery that needs to happen or spinal injuries or different things like that. So that was a really amazing experience to see Phoenix. Um, kind of begin to really be thrived and, you know, to, to, to thrive and be pushed. Right? So at this point, big things have been happening. Like, you know, just every day because you're working with baseline had been these huge miracles, miracles on top of miracles, on top of miracles, on top of miracles. So even though it was exhausting and even though there were some setbacks and that, like so many big miracles were happening all it kind of kept you into this, okay, we're going, we're going, we're going, the finish line is there, we're going. And even the first week at Turo, everybody was like, oh, Phoenix is amazing. And he's now leap, you know, walking and now he's going around the building and now he's going down the street and around the building and ah, he's all over the place. And I just felt like, wow, like Every God day with is these really big breaking the chains and shackles. And then one day I was told, you know, Phoenix can't get up out of bed. Phoenix can't walk today. Phoenix can't get out of the chair. Phoenix is having troubles. His legs have locked. Okay. It must be this. It must be that. No, it's not this. No, it's not that. And I'm like, okay, it's just a setback, right? It's just a setback like other little setbacks in the hospital, but he's going to continue to, he's going to get over the set like he always does. He's going to smooth on through it and there's going to be another big breakthrough. And that, those days didn't come. And in this part, I was at home now um, on the North Shore and away, completely away from, you know, Phoenix's recovery from Ben and trying to acclimate myself back into regular life with Ren, which is a whole nother story and a whole nother segment. But, um, but to get calls when I'm not there anymore and I'm not hearing these big things, but I'm hearing not only a setback, but a setback that just will not break through. Mm. And to hear that his legs have locked and they won't continue. And not only for a day, but two weeks three weeks, you know, injections of Botox and then maybe these painkillers that I know that people get hooked on. Maybe this, it just got all of a sudden really dark and really scary again. I felt like literally like we were in this dark, scary place. Even though his life was secured, his legs now don't work. Every breakthrough that we thought we were having is not there anymore. It just felt almost like, I don't know, This that's when that cold, cruel thing came about. Like, God, did you really say? Mm-hmm. Are you really faithful? 
how is this, you know, helping us? How is this loving to Phoenix? And, and that he's trying, but he can't. You know, mm. I just remember that was bringing me into a dark place. It's like faith for today, trust for tomorrow, and hope for the future. I don't even know what to say after that. It's kind of like, yeah, because you're like, you're having faith in a moment. You're trusting that God is going to take care of tomorrow. And you're having hope that what God showed you for the future is, is, is what's going to happen. It's a whole different way of standing when it says to submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil, he must flee. And then it also says when you've done everything, and I felt at that point we have done everything. There was a lot of doing, a lot of believing, a lot of a lot of contending, a lot of submitting. But now the standing part is where I feel is where the rubber meets the road, really. Um, the standing part is what I hadn't learned, really, yet in my faith walk. I had been a good, you know, could slay things, I could believe for things, see them, quick turnaround, quick breakthroughs, breakthroughs after a while, you know. But the standing and not seeing and having to stand and then thinking, well, tomorrow's going to be better. And it just wasn't. That was where I felt like, really, um, that I was being drawn into a kind of like a wilderness moment again. And like a very dark case, especially being away from you guys, where I felt like I had to now stand. I was, I was used to being with you, you know. We would stand together and we would encourage each other. But in that moment, and you were only with him, and you were having your own battle being there, and me being separated, I felt like the standing in faith. Um, I I feel like that is, that is where that the 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 storm started to kind of hit me again. Mm. Yeah, and I know that it play it plays with Phoenix's mind. It played with your mind. It played with my mind. And I feel like even now, you know, after the fact and him being home. Um, it still plays with us. So even though at Turo, there were some gains, a lot of gains, great people. Um, he, he was swallowing, you know, again, there were still gains, but we just would focus on his legs, but yet he was swallowing. He was eating. The dude went to sushi, a sushi restaurant and ate sushi. Sushi's hard to swallow as it is. How is this kid who was not supposed to only be in a feeding tube eating sushi, but yet all I could do is focus on the legs. All anybody ever could do was focus on the legs, but he's eating sushi. And Oreos. He knew how to spell his name. Yeah. He's starting to write a little. Like those things, I feel we can get so locked in to what we want to see and what those expectations and marks of recovery should be and missing out on all the other ones that are happening right from under our feet. And by the way, and I don't know if we had covered this, but the Lord did not tell us he would heal them all overnight, recover all over. He said brick by brick. That's true. I'm rebuilding the wall like Nehemiah. But it's in Phoenix. I'm rebuilding him from the inside out. 
and this will be a brick by brick process. I created. Well, I don't like brick by brick process. Yeah, I don't I, like that. Yeah, me, me neither. I Kim created. doesn't know what to do with that. You know, no, pour the slab, three D it if you have to. You know, three D <laughs> print that thing and get it done in a day. Why does this have to be a brick by brick? You're God. You can do anything you want. But I didn't know he was building us too. I didn't know he was building us too. And um and um yeah. And so we were gonna hit some tough patches, but God was gonna prove faithful even in that. He always has. That's that trust aspect. Mm-hmm.